We're going to look like idiots. <laughs> I'm fine with that. There's, we do that regularly. There's every chance. <laughs> it's what we do best. All right, welcome in, everybody. It's the Important Nonsense Podcast. I am your host, Steve Bonham at Nonsense underscore Steve on Twitter, of course. Mr. Neil Smith joining me, as always, at Nonsense underscore Neil. And, of course, at Important Nonsense, all one word on the Fantasy Life app. Easiest, best way to get a hold of us. It's the one I check absolutely the most. It's the one uh, I check every day, all the time. It's so the one that I, if you want to get a hold, that's where you go. That one. That's that's the way to do it. Get it's the, I don't get alerts from Twitter on my phone. I only get them through the Fantasy Life app if you ever want to contact us. It's the way to do it. Like us on there, subscribe, follow all of our information. All Every Go time the there's a new posting of any time, of, of, of any kind, the waiver wire column, any column we write, or uh, this podcast, this very show, immediately posted onto the uh, the Fantasy Life app. So that's it's the best way to get in touch with us, really, but... Neil, how was uh, how was your holiday? How are the festivities? We've had an, an extended break. We had our bye week yeah. basically because of the uh, it's <laughs> like we played on Thursday night. It wasn't yep. really a bye week, but it's like a longer than normal week between episodes here. Yeah, you get an extra day. Sure, yeah, back no, to the normal good. routine. Yeah, it was good. I ate I ate way too much. No, yeah, that's like the way you're people. supposed to do it. Yes. Yeah. So, and I watched some skin peelingly bad football games as we <laughs> predicted. As, as we all knew really it was going to happen. bad football games. Man, they were bad. So, well, the morning game was okay. But after that... <laughs> yeah, the morning game was decent. But after, I mean, And it depends on your vantage point, too, because I really enjoyed watching that Thursday afternoon game with the Chargers tearing apart the Cowboys. Mostly yeah, because I was hanging out with game. Cowboy fans at the time. Funny. So it just to just watch funny. them so suffer the whole time. Oh, they were just, so angry. It was satisfying, yeah. They were so sure they were going to win that game at the start of it. And I can't yeah. figure out why. It just doesn't they make They don't any even have sense. a kicker. How are you losing? You don't even have a left tackle. <laughs> Which one's more important? Turns out. <laughs> yeah, we solved that age-old question. Yeah, this is why left tackle makes more money than all the other offensive linemen positions. This is the reason. There, there it is. If you ever needed a, like an actual visual example watch that game exactly yeah pittsburgh steelers proved to it. us years ago you don't need a kicker to survive in this league that's yeah no just, <laughs> and then mike tomlin conversion. ever since has just been going <laughs> yeah. for two exactly he just goes for two yeah, now exactly. it's just okay and they win a lot of games just going for two because they score enough times that eventually you'll get some of them but yeah i mean speaking of holiday i just wanted to give a quick shout out to family my grandfather-in-law mr dave piotrowski dave thank you for listening we appreciate you buddy yeah dave. going through uh some rough medical stuff right now, so get better. We just wanted you to know we're thinking about you. We appreciate you listening, and uh, just keep it up. Keep keep on listening. We love you. We love listening. So, uh, yeah, Dave, shout out to Superfan Dave. He's trying to replace Superfan Brian, and I mean he's more comical. I mean yeah. Brian thinks he's, he's less snarky. He's exactly. less snarky, but Brian's got exactly. the serious snark factor going on there. That yeah, it's all sure. cutting humor. Exactly. Yeah. Dave is just grateful. To have us in his ears when he's listening, Brian takes it for granted. Hey, hey, we're grateful to have to have any listeners at all. So <laughs> first of all, but someone has dedicated his Dave. Yeah, get get better, Dave. And uh, absolutely. And you know, we'll make sure this one we'll make sure this one's a good one. Uh, 
what uh, what else of our did you loyal get listeners i mean we i i just wanted to say this is 100% our fault that cooper cup and former bolitnikov winner marquise lee finally they did it over yeah. the 50% it's all you thank america you. finally thank did it you. it is about finally. time finally uh, way too late all, but thank yeah. you all that I'm had to happen was marquise lee so. had to be <laughs> the number one receiver on the team for over half the season and Cooper Cup had to be top five in red zone targets all year long. That's all yep. that had to happen for both happen. of them to finally, in week 13, get off the waiver column. I was writing the waiver column this week, and I got to wide receivers, and I'm like, well, slam dunk. I already know I'm writing Marquise Lee and Cooper Cup because people never friggin' yeah. listen. Yep, they never sure, listen. And there it was. They're finally, finally over it. Oh, it's well, such fair a relief. Steve, write something. 13 times and you get to a point where it's like either no one reads it or no one cares it's like you keep writing it and you're just like eventually people have to understand <laughs> like just there's math behind this those two guys have math on their side right uh thank you america thank it's about you. time it's just also it's steve before time. we completely transition into the actual news of the week real quick yes. the, be- the the unfortunate hospital news aside did you have a good holiday yeah it's pretty decent had my mom in town for a while, you know. She was here for our live show last week, so yep, the live show, it was the first ever live yeah. show for Steve's mom. Absolutely, yeah, it was a it lot be. of stuff to uh, to get done. There was a whole cluster of events with the PFF league that I had to handle over the weekend, and that all got we resolved. Uh, that show's finally. not enough. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that all got taken care of. I know last time you and me talked about it, it was a solution neither one of us favored, but now it. I talked to the guy again, and it is it has become a more reasonable solution that everybody can kind of agree on. So I'm glad with that. Okay. We All did right, finally so settle on 48 teams in the playoffs, as it was originally talked about. So, uh, but now we just we missed out on week 12. That's all it was. So uh, for those PFF listeners, there you go. It's still the same 48 yeah, team playout that we already knew. And uh, it's just before we thought it was going to start in week 12 and that the only games in week 16 would be the, the fatal four-way between the conference champion to decide a league champion. But now the playoffs will run as normal, and then in week 16 that'll be all the conference matchups, so it'll be eight teams. And then whichever one of the eight scores the most points not only wins their conference but wins the whole thing. So I figured that's the fair, that makes the most sense. Cause then that way week 17 still not involved. You don't have to adjust the playoff schedule or teams in it or anything. Just, it made the most sense. Well, you're not nullifying the rules you wrote at the beginning of the year. Exactly. Which was no the one's getting issue. screwed out. You can't, exactly. you can't just, you can't that's change always what you already said. Yeah. We always say that for every league. It's like the sheet of why you always have to have a constitution. You always have to have a set of rules so that everyone understands going into it and nothing can be changed during the regular season and no one can get fussy. And that was my whole point. Change whatever you want in the off season. Never change anything mid season ever. Absolutely. Hallelujah. The football preview. Halfback. Passes to center. Back to wing. Back to center. Center holds it. Holds it. Holds it. No, not that football. Aw, oh, the Denver Broncos. Yeah, that's the one. You just don't understand football. News. Good news, everyone. Extra, read all about it. And stats. Nerd! You need to win. You play to win the game. 
on the Important Nonsense Podcast. All right, news of the week coming at you. We got two. We got four stories here, Neil. Two wide receivers with uh, some issues, and two quarterbacks. <laughs> one, one starting and one not. <laughs> one so, on his way up, one on his way down. Let's start with the pass catchers, shall we? And uh, how about the Josh Gordon phenomenon? This is just the insanity of this. Look, I I'm was clapping. all over. I'm clapping. Because I'm not. I'm clapping. I'm I have not. to. I have to. I'm still trying to hope that people don't remember that I've publicly said numerous times and written numerous times that uh, Josh Gordon will never play another down of football in the pros. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Got that wrong. Okay. Look, well, the odds sorry, were in your America. favor. Okay. Uh, yeah. The Justin hey, Blackmans hey, look, of the I, world had it I admit in your favor mistake, that that's what I admit was going to happen. Mistake. I was wrong, wrong, wrong about that because he's coming back and we'll see. But yeah, let's get into this proper. Crazy. So he is crazy in, story. He's back in this week. He is up 24% in ownership in fantasy football over the last week. He is now over 50%. Never even had a chance to put him in the waiver column. He Never should had to be write activated Friday and will play this week with no restrictions. But look, as I did lay out in this week's waiver column for anybody that read it, if you did not, it is a good read for you still because it is... Uh, I, I broke it down differently. Normally, of course, we have season-long and then our streamers. But for this week, since the season's almost over, we're into the playoffs, uh, I decided to just go guys that we're buying into that are below 50% owned that you really should be owning and can help you win, and then guys that are over 50% owned that are going to be tough to trust and you should be looking at solutions to replace them going forward. One of the guys I had as the I'm not buying tough to trust was Josh Gordon. Even though at the time he was not over 50, I knew he would leap over it, and he did. Of course. And, of course. and as I put in the column, he has not <laughs> played in four years. Four years since playing NFL football. He still has Deshaun Kaiser as his quarterback. But they made a song. <laughs> and... For the rest of the season, Cleveland has literally the hardest wide receiver schedule in the league. So tell me, what am I missing? What is the big thing here that I'm missing about about Josh Gordon other than he was good four years ago? I just told you, they made a song. They made a whole mashup video. Oh, right. Of, of like, oh, yeah. I mean, come on. They, a montage. You can't post lies I, I didn't the internet, realize right? there wasn't a montage. Look, you can't yeah. post lies on the internet. We all know this. It's a simple fact. No, uh, I have no idea how all. I mean, I think people literally are just trading on the name value and the fact that four years ago he was really good. Exactly. That's it. I think there's no more thought that goes into it than that. Look, I get the talent. I understand that. There's no denying the talent, but at the same time, Corey Coleman is a really talented wide receiver, and Deshaun Kaiser throwing him the football has done absolutely nothing for his fantasy value. So, <laughs> well, him being made of glass also hasn't done anything for his fantasy value. So we'll be, we'll I'm, be yeah, I'm just saying. Okay, how about that. when he's on the field? That's ignore yeah, his uh, own yeah. injury problems. I'm just saying when he's out there. Look, David Njoku has flashed and been a freak of nature at tight end, and that's still he's still fantasy irrelevant because Deshaun Kaiser is his quarterback. Imagine if David Njoku was on a real team. Think about oh, that. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. 
Yeah, no, imagine he would if be, he was he in the, the like Hunter Henry role on the Chargers, or if he was Jimmy yeah. Graham on the Seahawks. You know what I mean? Like he if he was on a real team. At that point. Exactly. Yeah. So, no, it's just the so, whole. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I just yeah. we'll see how it goes. But I mean, I, I I'm not look. I'm not I'm not buying into this in a huge way. Like I said, you just remember that four years ago he was good even with bad quarterback play. And his name is Josh Gordon. That's just why he goes over 50% owned because they're just like, oh, my God, look, he's back. He's just he's going to be the same guy. And I think you and I see this the same way. We have no evidence to support whether or not he's going to be the same guy. Let's also remember that by his own admission, he was high on cocaine for a lot of the that he did. You'll need to bleep that. But, you you know what I mean? You may even need to bleep that C word, too, and we'll go with a white powdery substance. He, yeah. he, he kind of by his own admission said, like, he, he was, he was, he was in an altered state for a lot of that. So apparently now he's not. I mean, that's a really cynical argument, but it's a cynical game. <laughs> yeah, look, you know I mean, what I mean? Like, the only thing, it, it, it the is, last thing but, I'll say on it, just to get off the topic, is just that I will say the same thing now I said before. Josh Gordon is a super, super interesting pickup off your waiver wire in a dynasty league. In a keeper league, yes. when you can hold on to him for next year, and maybe he gets cut by the Browns, or the Browns get a real quarterback, or something. It is something to fix his value for next year. Or even year. if Sean Kaiser can get even a little bit better. Correct. Yeah, this year, though, I want no parts of playing him. And I just don't know the situation where in the playoffs, which is in some leagues right. now and in other leagues starting like next week, uh... In the playoffs, you're going to roll with this. I feel like if you're a playoff team, you're probably not in this situation. So if you just, get to if you get to the playoffs with the team you currently have, why on earth would you need Josh Gordon to to win you games? That, that just that's what I'm saying. Sense. In all likelihood, I find it so unlikely that you're going to want to own Josh Gordon that he's going to be starting over real stuff that actually got you to the playoffs. Meanwhile, Michael Crabtree, speaking of uh, wide receivers with issues. Ooh, I love you, Michael. Ooh. A lot of fantasy players, some wins. First drive of the game, Yo. two and a half minutes in, Yo. gets into Screw a fist fight with Akib Talib. Ejected <sighs> and now suspended Story. for this week. So that'll be back-to-back zeros for Crabtree owners. Look, for his value, he's been so up and down this year. He was a he's a boomer bust guy. It's just what he is. Unfortunately, his bust was a zero getting ejected early. This week, you don't have to worry about that. Hopefully, you have something else to fill in for it. Because it isn't I mean, Josh Gordon. Yeah, that isn't Josh Gordon. <laughs> but I mean, for Very the clear. team as a whole, there's no Raider that's filling that position that I'm interested in. I think it helps. The target share for Amari Cooper, obviously, but that would be it. There's no, like, third-string wide receiver that I'm like, oh, man, you got to have if you don't have Crabtree. Just because it's the Giants, I would say give me some Jared Cook because, obviously, Giants are so terrible against tight ends, and there's going to be no one else for them to throw to other than Amari Cooper. So Derek Carr to Jared Cook looks like a great play this week if you got Daly or if Jared Cook is available, and you need a tight end, so I would play that all day for sure. But otherwise, I think there's no real real impact other than people that own Michael Crabtree. Meanwhile, Eli Manning gets the hook, benched for Geno Smith. 
Yeah, boo this too. emotional in his press conference. It's going to end his league-leading streak of consecutive starts, which is just ridiculous that this is the way it has to end, not by injury. Ugh. I mean, he wasn't doing great this year, but come on, you can't possibly put that on him. That's not right. No, that's not his fault at all. You weren't starting any wide receiver or running back anyway, unless maybe you were desperate enough to start Orleans Darkwa, but there's not many people that desperate. So, I mean, I don't think it hurts anyone or helps anyone at those positions. It hurts Evan Ingram the most, I think, because he had been a stud for a few weeks there because of the connection with Eli. And, look, it's just he's had a bad couple weeks the last few weeks, and now to get Geno Smith, uh, I'm I'm looking somewhere else if I need a tight end. Yeah, I think it also hurts Sterling Shepard a little bit too. If you've been spot-starting Sterling Shepard, like I know some people are, that's the other one (laughs) that I'm looking at, and I'm like, well, going to have to see that again. So yeah. it's unfortunate because it's not just the fact that it's going to be Geno Smith this week. It's the fact that it's probably going to be David Webb beyond that because they want to see what the rookies got. And apparently they were saying they didn't feel that it was right to toss him in with so few reps. So they're going with Geno Smith this week. And in all likelihood, it'll probably be David Webb moving forward beyond that because they want to see what he's got before they go into the draft to draft a new quarterback. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah. And from that perspective, it does. I just don't. The way you did this, though, is not. No, it's not right. Didn't do this very well. Like th- this no. was this was poor. This was a bad way to handle this. Meanwhile, the Jimmy G show begins. It's about time. Yes. Sorry, C.J. Yes. Bethard, but I've seen enough. I have too. Not that great. Direct quote from America, and apparently Kyle Shanahan as well, because Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> will get the ball against. We knew. It. I called it. I called this a couple of days ago when we were breaking down the games. I said, how great would it be if he got start in his hometown? And here we are. So he will start against the Bears in Chicago this weekend. No wide receiver or tight end you were really playing here anyway. Desperation, maybe you were playing Marquis Goodwin, but that's about it. It could be interesting if Jimmy G gets a connection going there, or maybe he locks in on some guy from the practice squad we've never heard of, a la Robbie Anderson and Bryce Petty last season. One of those situations where he had someone that sure. he was only getting reps with in practice, and now all he of a sudden he's just, yeah, just going to keep throwing it to him. Yeah. The biggest impact here is, look, anytime we talk about San Francisco 49ers football, Neil, you know exactly where I'm going. Okay? Yeah. There's, there's no... There's no Buckle debate. in, listeners. Buckle in. We're going <laughs> down the Carlos knows. Hyde is bad at football rabbit hole again. Here we go. Strap in. For those that are unfamiliar with any piece of work I've ever done, let me tell you about Carlos Hyde. No. Look, the rest of the way, the Niners have a really bad RB schedule. They have some tough matchups for the running backs. It's going to be tough for them to get going. They also run the ball as an offense less than any team in football. So that that doesn't bode well for anybody. So I'm skeptical for any running back they have, whether it's Breida or Hyde, just because there's no volume, and there there's the the line hasn't been great, and then the schedule isn't good for them. I will say though that this move clearly signals they're ready to start evaluating their talent for next season and the future. And given the contract situation and general performance from Carlos Hyde. 
He should see a reduced workload as they try to see what they have in Matt Breida. We knew this was going to happen at some point because with Hyde not under contract next year, they have to look at Breida in a primary role and decide, do we want to give this guy the, the keys to the franchise basically in the backfield or is he not ready and we need to try to re-sign Carlos Hyde for as cheap as possible? Or we need to find somebody else on the RB free agent market because we're done right, with Or Carlos draft Hines somebody also, else or, you know, or whatever. Draft Saquon Barkley at two because we're going to have that pick potentially. Right. So, like, like I said, the two of us in the waiver column and on this podcast and in articles on the, on the website Basically and everywhere any we possibly could. that I have access to. <laughs> yeah. We have warned you about this all year that at some point Carlos Hyde was going to disappear and Matt Breida was going to take over in the backfield. And I think this just is the signal that that time has come. So if Matt Breida is somehow still out there in your keeper or dynasty league, you absolutely need to go snatch him up now because he will not be out there much longer. Yeah, this isn't helping you for redraft, really. But for uh, for keeper dynasty, you absolutely right, yes. need to go get Matt Breida and stash him at the end of your bench because it's just this is just the way the wind is blowing. Get more out of your fantasy season with PFF's exclusive player grades and performance data. PFF grades every player from every game on every team. Dive deep into your fandom and follow your team on Pro Football Focus for exclusive team stats and NFL team rankings. Listeners to our podcast can get $10 off a PFF Edge or Elite subscription by simply going to importantnonsense.com slash PFF. Once again, that's importantnonsense.com slash PFF to save $10 on your subscription today. All right, Neil, we're on to the games. Pigskin pick them. Standings, I'm convinced now. He hasn't set one in a couple of weeks. I think Matt just wants to finish the year at 69. I feel like he I hit told that, you that mark. But it happened. And he's just like, <laughs> I'm good. Dropped the mic and walked away. Yeah. So he's 100%. just going to sit there in fifth. Kevin in fourth at 95. Brian in third at 103. I am in second at 108. And you gained more ground up to 120. It's going to be impossible to catch you now. So. Pre-congratulations on your uh, your pick. Pre-congratulations. Pick if, yeah. if I get to 16, if I am 16 up on effectively the field at, at any point, I feel like you will not be able to catch me. So uh, I need I need I don't four know. more. There's it's there's five weeks left. Week 17 is the troubling one. That's there's, the one that you worry know. about. A, I'm just because... saying there's five weeks left, and you're up 12. So. I gotta gain like three a week in order to pass you. Yeah. And I just you gotta don't start split taking that much. Swings. I try to take swings, and that's how I get further I... behind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. It's a double-edged sword, to be sure. Exactly. <laughs> it's a double-edged sword. We know this. I don't know. This week, I felt like I went really upset heavy. But this yeah, week well, there's so some weird I. games. As so we're gonna I get think into. I went he- upset heavy, and then you went upset heavy as well. So we ended up going exactly the same. Are we just going to end up shocked. splitting the entire week again because we just everybody went upsets? Because I, I I ended up going with it's like possible. five upsets this week, and I was like, it's way too many upsets. No, no, I'm against uh, the public so, in then, a lot then you of go these through, games. It, so we'll see. So am I. So, yeah, no, so am I because the public's got some of these games wrong. It's actually in some of my show notes. So it's 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 a whole. It's a whole situation there. So, 
All right, Thursday night football, Washington playing Dallas. Don't fall back on your same old Thursday hang-ups with this one. As they've done the last few years now, this season's post-Thanksgiving Thursday night football features two teams that played on Thanksgiving. So both teams are on normal rust with normal schedules playing what would otherwise be a normal game for them. So all that being said, this is the Skins. I mean, Cousins had a pedestrian game in their first meeting. So maybe expect a top 5 or top 10 outing at worst instead of the number 1 rating the Cowboys normally give up. And, uh, you know, Jordan Reed is out of this game as well. Otherwise, I'd expect big days for all your Washington players because getting wrecked is the new normal for the Cowboys. <laughs> really? That really does sum it up. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> I think the other way to put this is it's a division game. So these always kind of play tight. And, uh, you know, but in all seriousness, what have you seen from Dallas recently to give you any confidence in this? So, I mean, even the public is coming around and has Washington in this game. That really does say something. Yeah. The public always goes with the Cowboys. So for this one, it's the R's. And even with all their warts, it's it's still the R's. Sunday, 1 Eastern, Minnesota going to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Should be game of the week. Two teams clicking right now. For anyone that's listened to us all year, you already know I don't buy into the Falcons this season. They've been much better than I expected, but they've benefited from playing some really bad teams, too. I mean, with how the Vikes, how they're playing, and that beat-up Atlanta defense, I mean, I've got Minnesota penciled in for 35 points in this game. Easy. The question is, does their defense shut down the Atlanta O, or is it just a shootout? So, I mean, whether it's 35-7 to or 35-31, it's the Vikings. Yeah, and if you have been listening to us, you know I'm the one <laughs> who had the Falcons repeating a trip to the playoffs. So, I mean, that looked like a complete pipe dream earlier this year, and I'm willing to acknowledge that. <laughs> so, But they are kind of rounding back into form. They're starting to figure it, figure it out. They've gone through Shanahan's notes and actually got them arranged in the right order finally. <laughs> So, uh, you know, this week it's a terrible matchup, though, against the white-hot Vikings. I mean, it's not just that the Vikings are just insanely hot. hot. That, like, they're like Hansel hot right now. They're just so, like hot so hot right now. They're so hot. And it's just a bad matchup schematically. Xavier Rhodes has had success on Julio Jones. I mean, you're kind of counting on Julio to have a great day against Xavier Rhodes, who's been playing great this year. I don't really love that. Uh, Mohamed Sanu, you're kind of like relying on him to have, unless he's throwing touchdowns. I mean, so, and it just, it, it, by the by, Case Keenum is playing like candidate for the most improved player award. <laughs> and until that stops, I just feel like the Vikings are so tough to beat that I've got them on the road in this one. Hit that horn. New England going to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Tough division matchup with Kelvin Benjamin out this week. Zay Jones becomes your feature wide receiver. And he's actually rebounded nicely after a bad start to his NFL career. Still don't know about Chris Hogan playing on the New England side, but with their backfield, it's clear that it's Rex Burkhead. Since returning from his injury, he's not only stolen James White's role as the pass-catching running back, but he's been the goal line back, leaving Mike Gillisley as a healthy scratch recently. The difference in this game is the Pats' defense, though. Since Week 6, they've been a top-10 fantasy D, and since their bye, they've been the number 3 defense in fantasy football so give me the pats on the road 
as a quick aside, did you see Zay Jones, the highlight of Zay Jones, getting up after getting knocked down last week? No, I did in not. In the end zone? It's on RNFL. Our website links to RNFL. There's an excellent video of it. He basically pop and locks himself off the ground after getting thrown into the ground. It's like a one-two kind of motion. He just kind of leans back on his knee and then pops his entire body back up. And it's like, oh, my God, he's one solid muscle. So, yeah, freak athlete seems to be, like, working itself out over there. But for this one, it's Pats on the road. I mean, come on. It's Pats on the road. And I like I like Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead in this one because the Bills D just cannot stop the run, and I have to believe that the Pats are just going to be looking to exploit that all day. As we alluded to earlier, San Francisco going to Chicago to take on the Bears. This was a slam dunk tickle fight of the week until they announced it's the Jimmy G show, and now we've got ourselves a ball game. People, Garoppolo versus the Bears secondary makes for an actually very interesting matchup. Bears D has played strong while their offense continues to struggle. The best thing their offense can do is run the ball, though, and that's the thing the Niners struggle with the most. So this is a close one, but the cynic in me wants Garoppolo to beat the Bears in his hometown on a last-minute drive. So that's exactly what I'm going to be rooting for here, Niners on the road. See, that's funny because you and I, we've talked about this. I mean, I had the Bears going back to the preseason. This was one of the three wins. Exactly. Yeah. Well, in the preseason, they didn't have Garoppolo. <laughs> I know, and I was all set until he just hit the Go Bears drop, and now I can't do that anymore because it's time for the Jimmy G show, and this is a real game. Suddenly, it's a real game. A lot of bad players in it, but it's a real yeah. game, and I'm taking the 49ers, and it's Jimmy there G's it first start as a Niner, and I'm taking there the Niners. That's, I have to because it's going to happen, folks. The Bears are going to find a way to blow this. The Niners are going to roll into town, and I don't know who it is. It's either going to be Marquise Goodwin or some guy we've never heard of, or the or Jerry Rice is going to come out and just suit up this. I don't know what's going to happen, but I somehow, yeah, it just somehow the Niners are going to just roll the Bears in this, and it's Jimmy. They're going to be talking about Jimmy G being one of the only non-bust Pats QB trades. You know what I mean? Him and Brissett, yeah. like the only two with like. 15 years. Yeah, and there you go. All aboard me. the hype train. Yeah, no, I'm buying it. I'm taking my ticket. I'm on Absolutely. the Jimmy G train. Yeah, I have to. We're going to look like idiots. <laughs> I'm fine with that. There's, we do that regularly. There's every chance. <laughs> it's what we do best. We do do that regularly. It is what we do Fair best. Enough. All right, Absolutely. here we go. Denver going to Miami. <laughs> now this, this is a tickle fight right here, people. No one wants to watch this. The players involved don't even want to watch this. I don't even want to have to comment on it, but I do. Just give me the... I have no idea. Give me the Broncos, I guess, because the defense? I don't know. We're back to Simeon. This is just going to be depressing. (laughs) Nobody wants to watch this. You know Mark Schlereth is calling this game? I want to watch it even less now. I know, but for those of you who don't know who Mark Schlereth is, Mark Schlereth is a guy who played, you know, Super Bowl winning teams for the Broncos. He was, you know, pretty good offensive lineman, won another one, I believe, in Washington. He's a very accomplished football player. He, he, is, he is not my cup of tea when it comes to broadcasting or radio. He has a local radio show out here that is on in the mornings. Not my cup of tea. <laughs> for him to be doing this game is going to be brutal because all he's going to do is either – 
rep the Broncos because he has to because of his other job, or he's going to be way overcritical of the Broncos. And it's just, it, it just, there's no need for it. They already, they're bad. We know it's not. You don't need to sit there and pick nits. I, I just, I don't like anything about this. I mean, <sighs> anyway, uh, Cutler's back, but is that really an improvement? <laughs> So, since this is just an utter coin flip, I'm taking the Broncos. Call me a homer. That's fine. Because what I'm actually looking for in this game, go for it. I'm actually looking for Simeon to try and play as well as possible, because I think he realizes that his options are being cut or being stuck as the Broncos quarterback. And if he's going to go for cut, then you want to try and play as well as possible to try and get a real job somewhere else going forward. So I feel like I think it's finally going to sink in a bit now the problem is that it's still trevor simeon so it's never going to be good it's just i think he's going to play as well as possible and i think in this case it might be enough detroit going to baltimore to take on the ravens two teams that have one strong unit and one lost unit i mean for the ravens it's obvious they have one of the top defenses in the nfl but their hit or miss offense costs them a lot of games for the lions it's the reverse i mean their offense can go toe-to-toe with the best in the league up and down the field, but their defense cannot decide if they want to be good or not. I just have more faith that Matt Stafford will get the job done than Joe Flacco will, and I do not think that is a crazy statement, the Lions. No. Who told you that was a crazy statement? Was that people on the Fantasy Life app again? Sure. We need to get on there and start regulating. Anyway, I'm sure some of you watched the Ravens beat the Texans. I thought, huh, they don't look so bad. You know, and they have a record of a playoff team. Well, maybe I'll take the Ravens in this one. Don't talk yourself into that. The, the, the AFC is so weak that it masks how bad that Ravens offense actually is, and they're not going to be able to keep up with that Lions passing attack. I got the Lions on the road. Tampa Bay going to Green Bay to take on the Packers. If you've been let down by Mike Evans so far, and you're in the playoffs waiting for a miracle, well, hallelujah, friend. This is the week for you, because here comes the Packers secondary and the long-awaited return of Jameis Winston. So I'm looking for a big day from Winston, the whole Bucks offense, and in a game the Packers desperately need to win at home, I'm taking the Bucks on the road, because in the end I trust Jameis more than I do Brett Hundley. I mean, I got a couple upsets this week, but this is my upset of the week, folks. This is the one. This is the upset. This is the odds makers are giving this to the Packers and the public is eating this up with a spoon. They're just, oh, give me that. Oh, look, did you see Brett Hundley? And he and he was all green and yellow and they were scoring touchdowns. Oh man, I've seen that movie. No, 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 no. Yeah. I need to see more than one week of competent play from Green Bay from Green Bay before I can get anywhere near that. And I need to see more than one competent game from Brett Hundley since UCLA <laughs> to, to be back in on that at all. So I'm actually looking like you to see some Jameis in a statement game against that very weak Green Bay defense. So start your bucks. Get them in. Houston going to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Bill O'Brien said Tom Savage is still the QB, quote, unless he keeps turning the ball over, end quote, which is not only not a ringing endorsement at all, but it signals he's ready to make that switch to TJ Yates, which nobody wants that. Lucky for Tom Savage, though, I present you the Tennessee Titans secondary. What a train wreck that is. If he can't get it done this week, he doesn't deserve to keep the job. 
because not many QBs have struggled against the Titans this year. 72% of the points they have allowed on defense have come from passing touchdowns, moving the ball through the air. You can't run on them very well, and they don't even stop people enough for field goals. It's all just passing touchdowns. That's the points they're giving up. That's the fifth worst percentage in the NFL and I'd reduce my expectations for every running back in this game, to be honest, because Houston and Tennessee both have great run defenses. I mean, I wouldn't expect much of anything from Lamar Miller, DeMarco Murray, Derek Carr, any of those guys. Otherwise, it's going to be a back-and-forth shootout. I think the wide receivers and quarterbacks should have a good game. And uh, I'm going to take the Texans in a uh, in a division matchup, because why why not? <laughs> We're finally going to split one. Finally. <laughs> Look, despite Tennessee having one of the worst secondaries in the league, I'm going to go with them in this one. Tom Savage just can't stop turning the ball over. So it doesn't bode well, as you're saying, that his coach is saying he can have this job as long as he can stop turning the ball over. Okay. <laughs> so what I do like to see in this was Nuke's going to have a massive day. Just if you own DeAndre Hopkins and you're either trying to get into the playoffs or you're in the playoffs and you need him this week, just start that. That is, if you weren't already, if you, if he was in your flex, he's your wide receiver too this week. It's that good. You know what I mean? And if you're that guy, your team is stacked and you don't need my advice. So just <laughs> turn this off. Uh, but look, I just think the Texans are going to come up a little bit short in this one due to turnovers. I will say this is my least confident pick of the week. Mariota is not playing well and they've had their own turnover problems. So I would not be surprised at all to see the Texans come in and pick up one because they just find a way to play superior defense. And I and I think this is just an air raid. So I think you and I see this the same way. It's an air raid on both sides going down the field. On a week when Denver plays Miami, it's bold to say this is your least confident pick. Hey. <laughs> hey. This one... I think we'll literally go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. It could just be whoever has the ball last. This one is least confident because, as you say, it's going to be competitive, whereas I feel like in that Denver-Miami game, one side is going to get up, and the other, both sides' offenses are so poor that if one side gets up big at any significant point for whatever reason, that's the end of the game. That's why this is the least competent one because it's going to come down to – to actual mental mistakes within the game. And the other division matchup from the AFC South, Indy going to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. For the season, the Jags have run on 50% of their plays, which is tops in the league. However, over the last three weeks, that number's gone down to 43%. Relying more on Blake Bortles is never a good thing, and I don't know why they suddenly hate Leonard Fournette. Indy is giving up 109.5 yards per game on the ground. So, I mean, if given the opportunity, Fournette should produce and have a good week. And I think that's exactly what will happen, given their defense against this Colts offense. There's a very good chance that they'll just be spending the entire second half controlling the clock on the ground. So if you've been worried about Leonard Fournette, I wouldn't be this week, and I will take the Jags at home. No, it's Jags at home. I mean, Indy's defense is just pathetic. I mean, it's Titans-esque. So, I mean... (laughs) Like, Jacksonville should have no problem running the ball down Indy's throat with, I mean, whoever. Take your pick. It might not be Fournette. That's why I'm not willing to commit to that. But somebody's going to run the ball down their throat. 
And I'd like to take this opportunity to welcome Eli Manning to his new team one year early. I believe that. Yeah, I, I believe that for sure. Jags at home. Kansas City going to New York to take on the Jets. The backslide of the Chiefs continues. Since the bye, Tyreek Hill has been a more consistent member of the pass game, which is good to see. He's getting more targets, more catches. So if you've been relying on Tyreek Hill, it's good to see that he's less boomer bust, more of a consistent you know, wide receiver. That's about it. That's really all you got to hang your hat on from this Kansas City offense because Kelsey has struggled, Alex Smith is back to irrelevant, and Kareem Hunt has sunken into the low-end RB2 territory, closer and closer to flex after a four last week. So their secondary is so porous as well that they had to add the corpse of Darrell Revis just to try to patch some holes. So you take all that and then look at the other side of the field and see that Robbie Anderson is somehow now a monster in this league and is just dominating people hey, on a weekly basis. That's just facts, folks. <laughs> I wish I could argue with any of that. Oh, Corpse so Darrell Remus maybe a bit Once strong, again, <laughs> give me the Jets at home because I never learned my lesson and just can't quit you, Jets. Are you, are you ready for it, Steve? Are you ready no, for it? I'm not ready, no. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. I cannot go back to the well on KC. I can't do it. I won't do it. No. I've been burnt too many weeks. This is the backslide. I'm done. I've been trying to give Andy Reid credit. I've been trying. By the way, before we go too far off it, it's almost as if there was some show and podcast and website. An article. Fantasy yeah. Life uh-huh. app people that had told you repeatedly not to draft Kareem Hunt. Where you, it's almost as if that, you know, that would have been really helpful. It's almost like someone that, that did, after oh, that wait, it was start, <laughs> that he would, that you should trade him and get as much value as you could get from it because he's going to be an RB two the rest of the year. Yeah, telling you that you should ignore other people telling you that he is that good and that he's their quote unquote fantasy ride or die because they rode and died. Yeah. So, <laughs> and they're anyway. dead. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm taking the Jets because they look competent outside of the fourth quarter. <laughs> and and, uh, and KC's secondary has looked so bad just so repeatedly that I'm taking the Jets at home. Lord help me. I'm doing it. I'm taking the Jets at home. Late Sunday afternoon, Cleveland taking on the Chargers in L.A. There was one and only one team that had the Browns circled on their calendar this year. And that team, the Los Angeles Chargers of Anaheim. Last year, they gave the Browns their only win of the year, and they were humiliated because of it. In the thick of a division race, they won't get caught off guard again. They want to prove a point. They want to bludgeon these Browns, and they make it easy for teams to do that. So I don't see any way around that. Look, Keenan Allen is playing like a wide receiver one right now. Phil Rivers is easily a top five play, if not the number one play at at quarterback. And hello, Hunter Henry who is the winner of this week's anyone versus the Browns sweepstakes. The only charger I'm not super thrilled about here is Melvin Gordon, since the Browns are so tough against the run outside of last week against Joe Mixon. And even in a rout of the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, they just kept throwing the ball. So it doesn't seem like they want to overwork Melvin Gordon as they push towards the playoffs. Outside of that, yeah, give me all their chargers in a big win. Uh, the Chargers are going to destroy the Browns. Look for them to prove a point. 
they want to go to the playoffs this year, and they are trying to win that terrible division. And if you're trying to go to the playoffs, these are the kind of games you need to win. Add to that all the aforementioned baggage <laughs> that you went through, and this is just a blowout. Chargers at home, start all, start all your Chargers, except maybe Melvin Gordon. If you have other options, although I doubt you do, Chargers at home in a big win in an empty soccer stadium. Uh, Giants playing Oakland in Oakland. Things looked like they couldn't get any worse for the Giants. And then Ben McAdoo said, hold my beer. And he came out and announced he's going to start Geno Smith at quarterback. Start your Raiders, including streaming their defense if you need a defense. Just start them all. Oakland at home. Go for it. Uh, you're playing with fire with that defense. But, uh, and with the Giants tank, they really go at it. Because here comes Joe Smith. And then probably David Webb for the rest of the year. And that's really all you should need to hear. So give me the Raiders at home. Start your Raiders. Rams going to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. All of a sudden, Blaine Gabbard has the Cardinals playing good football. I mentioned in the waiver column this week, Gabbard has a good schedule after this week. So he's a sneaky good ad if you're QB desperate. This is not a great matchup for him, though. And, I mean, to be fair, neither were the Jaguars last week, and that worked out. But in the end, I like the Rams to continue pushing for their first division title in 14 years. Look, I'm taking the Rams on the road. Arizona and Gabbard are a really nice story, but I just think they're going to lack the raw firepower that you need to win this one. Carolina going to New Orleans to take on the Saints. If any game will compete with Minnesota-Atlanta for game of the week, it's this one. I'm glad that Minnesota-Atlanta is in the early games and this is in the late. So we have one game in each window to actually watch, so that'll be interesting for a change. Both teams that helps, looking to, to win week. a competitive NFC South. Saints just lost their win streak while the Panthers barely edged out the Jets on the road. I'm starting all my players on both ends, but neither defense, obviously, because I think this should be a high-scoring, fun game. I'm just going to take the Saints in the Superdome at home, get back on the winning track, put a uh, put a vice grip, really, on their, uh, their lead in that division. Yeah, this is the game of the week. This is it. This is my pick for game of the week, for sure. Yeah. Tough division battle. I mean... Both defenses are actually playing relatively well, but I actually agree with the idea that uh, we don't want to start either one here. Uh, but I'm taking the Saints in what is going to be, I think, the closest and most fun-to-watch game of the entire slate of games. Sunday Night Football, Philly going to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Would have been a great game if Seattle had their defense intact. Unfortunately, they keep dropping defenders like flies. I still like all Eagles in this, and I'm not worried about any of them. The running backs seem to be getting downplayed the most, but consider this. Seattle has never really trailed by a large margin this year, except when they played Tennessee on the road. And that week, Murray and Henry both went off for huge days. Also, teams have run against the Seahawks' defense only 40% of the time, which is 7th lowest in the NFL Philly has the second highest run percentage, meanwhile, running on 48% of their offensive plays. So the volume, the opportunity, and production should all be there for all your running backs on the Eagles. I'm taking them on the road. Yeah, this is another matchup that looked great in the preseason. I mean, you're on the schedule and you're like, yeah, right. <laughs> but just start all your Eagles. That's really the way it is right now. I mean, this is not the traditional Seattle, or recent traditional, I should say. Seattle defense. I mean, they're just so injured up and down, top to bottom. Cam Chancellor's done for the year. 
And that's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to their problems. So I'm just going to take the Eagles on the road. Just if you own Eagles, you're probably playing them. Monday Night Football, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. It's Monday night. So there's already a 90% chance this is a bad game. Then That's not yeah. slander. That was verified by fact. I want exactly. the NFL to know that exactly. if they hear this. Then you add in that primetime Andy Dalton is going up against the road Steelers. Dear Lord, this is going to be an ugly game. Look, including the postseason, Pittsburgh has won five straight and eight of the last nine against Cincinnati. Even still, this feels like a perfect trap game for the Steelers. In those five losses, the average difference is eight points, which is basically one touchdown. And that's partially because of a 15-point win from earlier this year. So the Bengals always play him tough. It's always a very physical game. And even though they act like it doesn't matter, they know for a fact they're playing New England next week. And I think they get caught off guard and looking ahead. I'm going to take the Bengals in a low-scoring, terrible game at home. Yeah, as we mentioned, primetime Andy Dalton versus the road Steelers on Monday night football. There's so many terrible streaks converging on this one game. It's going to be ugly. It's going to get chippy. These games always end in a fist fight. And for that reason, I like Montez Perfect to get ejected in this game and possibly suspended. And, and I also like the Steelers to win. So we're actually going to split two. All right, so we are... Almost completely out of time here, so we got a quick run into the Golden League update as fast as humanly possible. And now for something completely different. It's time for the Golden League update. I love gold! On the Important Nonsense Podcast. Jam-packed week. So recapping what happened, David shocks Neil, survives... While the Pittsburgh, Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers defeated Kevin and advanced on to a super match with Brian. <laughs> fair. That's fair. <laughs> so this week we've got number one Steve taking on number five David. Uh, we don't have time to break everything down. Uh, I will say I've got, I feel like I have some decent matchups uh, currently projected to lose by what would be five points. Uh, because... It's uh, 122 to 112, but the five-point home field advantage on my favor as well in that game. And I think what's going best for me right here is the projections on his end are about right. Like, if he has really good weeks, I think he'll hit his projections, may come in a little low. Whereas on my side, they're projecting a a 6.5 for Jay Ajayi and a 6 for the Pats defense. And I feel like they should both be able to blow those numbers out of the water. You know, Julio against Minnesota is a tough matchup, but That's then DeAndre the Hopkins like, a 17 against Tennessee. So it's like I get Julio in a negative matchup, but then I get DeAndre Hopkins in a huge plus matchup. So even if I – look, I like your chances in this one. I mean, we don't really need to spend a lot of time breaking down David's team. It's As, it, as we've pointed out, it kind of comes down to the Packers. He knocked me off last week because Michael Crabtree gets suspended. He also had a pretty good week from Tom Brady. <laughs> That's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles with David's team. If Tom Brady goes off – then you may have some issues, but we'll see. And then we should probably go into what is probably the more compelling game, Correct. the Steelers yes. versus Brian. Yeah, the Steelers versus Brian. So as we know on the other end, it's 
It's the Steelers of Roethlisberger, Bell, Brown, and the Steelers' defense against Cincinnati on Monday night. And then uh, special guest appearances by Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Evan Ingram, as I said, I already yes. hate that yep. with Geno Smith. Graham Gano is a kicker. Kenyon, Jack Doyle. Kenyon Drake. I mean, and then you may uh, go Jack Doyle. Devontae Adams. I, mean, I would rather go Jack Doyle than Evan Ingram. And then I don't know what I'm going to do at, at flex there, but that doesn't matter because it's always the Steelers, and then everything else is kind of irrelevant. On the other end, Brian has Russell Wilson or Carson Wentz. He's got either side of that Sunday night football matchup, and I know he's still flipping coins as we speak trying to figure that out which way he's going to go yeah he's got octopuses picking colors and like yeah he's got he's got goats being sacrificed to see like he's got he's got a whole system i'm sure right now of of weird voodoo ways to figure out which one you want to do there yeah so uh at the present it's time you think it's wentz i think it's wentz right it's wentz i would think so just because of how bad the secondary has been but that's just me personally that's what I'm saying. We, we, we don't know. I'm just saying They're going to be me, chasing so many points that Russell Wilson, it's not like he could go wrong. You know what I mean? Like his lowest point total. No, I don't know that there's a bad choice yeah, his, here. His lowest point total since the bye was a 23 against Arizona. Yeah, so it's because they you need can't to go do wrong right with now. Russell He's Wilson. Running little tiny pirouettes like he likes to do. Like, yeah. Although, to be fair. The, Where you can the, go wrong is playing Josh Gordon. Yeah, Carson Wentz's lowest point total was a 23, and that's since week four. So I guess, never mind, it's the same thing either yeah, way. There's no, I feel like there's no wrong answer here. Right. Like it's, it, you just gotta uh, yeah, pick Devonta one. Devonta Freeman has cleared the concussion protocol, so it, he should be playing against Minnesota. Uh, as of now, he has Carlos Hyde and Samaji Perrine in there because he is super pissed at Kareem Hunt. Uh, so he's got Kareem Hunt on his bench, and then, of course, he has Matt Breida. So who knows if those will be the two running backs. He's got Michael Thomas. Keenan Allen has been a monster, and he's playing Cleveland. So just, ugh, that can go yeah, crazy. Yeah, you love that. And you love everything about it. Yeah, and then you got Kelsey, who has struggled with that offense, and then Gronk against Buffalo, which is a decent matchup. I just feel like you said earlier the run game is going to be more featured there for the Pats. It'll be close. Yeah, it'll be close. This is this is the one you gotta watch because it's the it's the two of the three, and as we always say, it's really gonna come down to the Steelers. The Look, Steelers have a bad game, like you're projecting it on Monday night. Let's be real. I mean, I'm not trying to like sell myself short here or anything, but it's the two and the three. But really, these are the top two teams in my eyes. These are the two guys you gotta beat. You gotta go through one of them. Pretty much. If you point, if you want to yeah. win the title, and uh, I I just. More than likely. Getting the one seed laid out nicely for me so that I may only have to play one of them in order to do it. But at some point, somebody you has to really be... don't really want to play either. Both of them twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So if yeah. I was... It's the, actually the, fortunate they're playing each other now. Exactly. Let this, them beat this, this each way. other. Yeah. <laughs> Let them beat each other to death now so the rest of us don't have to deal with this because somebody gets one loss coming out of this and that helps everyone. So but, then a reminder yeah, it's, it's uh, for the rough. format, for those that are new or just don't remember, uh, Neil and Kevin both on the bye now after their one loss. It is a double elimination bracket, so they are still alive down there in the bottom waiting in the wings to see what happens. So if I were to win my game, uh, because David is the lowest seed left, if I were to win my game, then Neil would play David and Grudge Kevin match would the get year. the losing team from the Brian Flynn Sr. 
game. And if David were to beat me as the one seed, I would go down and play Kevin. And then Neil, instead of hosting that playoff game, you would be on the road. You would have a five-point disadvantage against either Brian or Flynn Sr., which is not pretty. No. <laughs> well, it just depends on who the Steelers are playing that week. Exactly, yeah. Depending it really on who just it depends is. on yeah. that. All right, so we will transition as as not playing Cleveland. back into award season. Comeback Player of the Year, we announced our three finalists last week. It was Mr. Flynn, Brian, and Kevin Sandman, and our winner, of course, had to be Brian. Congratulations, Brian. Comeback well, player sir. of the year. No well, real sir. surprise here. Coming Brian was literally the only player in the league to score more points this season than last season. I say that that really says more about the state of fantasy football right now than it does about the league. Well, it's the state of the NFL. It's exactly. not even fantasy the points football. being down across the board. Exactly. Yeah. And the injuries this year and the bad play, frankly, because yeah. the preseason is bad. We've gone through all this before. Exactly. So, but yeah, Brian scored points because of his crazy draft picks. That's it. Yep. So just he's looking for the clean sweep of the awards as we now announce the finalists for the PFF MVP. So a reminder of the format: at the beginning of the season, PFF ranked every team in the league one through twelve, and then everyone was given a corresponding PowerPoint total. The points were divided in one-point increments, so the top team in the league got twelve points, the bottom team got one. Every week, then, teams could receive up to three points for a win and lose up to three points for a loss. So the points given or taken away each week were based on the team's points scored and the rank of the team that they played, whether they won or lost. Every week, the points earned or lost would be combined with the previous total, so it would be an ongoing grand total, and that's how we got our weekly power rankings that we went through here every week during the regular season. Well, we take those same points, basically, to determine the MVP points. There is the preseason and in-season aspects of your MVP score. Of course, teams were given half of their points from the preseason total, which would reward the teams that had a good draft but not overvalue teams that drafted well in the preseason because if it all you know work, didn't work out for you, the main focus here for the MVP is, of course, always in-season. That needs to be the heaviest theme here is who had the best year, not just who drafted the best team. So for in-season, the points earned, like I mentioned before, earned or lost for each of the 11 weeks were taken individually, which gave you a total of 12 independent scores, the 11 weeks from the regular season and then the one preseason score. And again, like I said, this this way the focus was more on the regular season your in-season management ability to win games and score points rather than just stacking the odds for the highly rated teams in the preseason. And that left us with three finalists for the MVP in no particular order at this point. Uh, Mr. Brian Bertone, as we already mentioned, and then you and me, Neil, in the MVP finals. So uh, any, what do, what do you think? We were in this similar situation last year where uh, it was you, me, and I believe Tony. In the finals for the MVP, and then Mr. Samponia walked away with the award? I never win awards. Are we going to get bamboozled again? Is Brian going to no, rob us? No, I mean, us? I, I never win awards. I'm just, I'm just telling you, I never win awards. So you're like, saying it's a two-horse race? I never race. win. <clears throat> Pretty much, yeah. Like, it, because, <laughs> okay, so you're telling me that the, that, the, that the points involved 
come down to how you drafted and then in-season performance. Yes. Well, I was a roller coaster all season, up and down and up and down, yo-yoing. So I won a lot of points, but I probably also lost a lot of points. Well, I mean, and then clearly I not that three. much of a roller coaster because you finished in the top three if you were a finalist. So, but all I'm saying is, like, I find it very unlikely that I'm going to be able to that that I will have had. I think it's going to be Brian. I think Brian's going to sweep the. We're going to get left sweep. in the cold again. And Brian's going to clean sweep the awards and win the title this year, potentially. And just, just take and it just all. Be like, just what, have everything. Make fun of me now. Make fun of me now for scoring the most points in the league and not going to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, where's uh, your jokes now? Yeah, I can see that. You were the chosen one! Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty, yeah. pretty much. I can see us get left in the cold and neither one of us wins a title. And Brian walks away with everything. everything. All yeah, sure. the stuff. Just gets everything. Yeah, at least Tony had the uh, the MVP to keep him warm and cozy last year. Yeah, but Brian also, again, as we've talked about, karma. Yeah. Fantasy karma. Brian got, like, some of the worst beats of all time statistically right. documented. So now it's got to come back for him So for him to clean sweep everything is kind of like karma. It just pays you out eventually if you just keep going, right? Sure. It's like, okay, so one year I have the worst season statistically imaginable, and then the next year I win the title and I clean sweep the awards. That would make sense. Why not, right? He's the Meryl Streep of fantasy football. Like He's pretty much the most due, right, other than Kevin, I would say. Right? If you believe in karma, then yes, he is the most quote-unquote due to be paid out by the universe for all the for all the, sh- the, shenanigans. the shenanigans. Yeah, uh, yeah Kevin... It has been in the league the longest and not won a title. And then David has been in the league two years and hasn't won. I have not won since 2011. You last won it in 2015, correct? Yes. No, 15, and I was the one seed last year, as we've documented. Correct. Yeah, and then uh, Mr. Flynn won it in 2013. And Brian has not won since 2008. He's looking, <laughs> staring down a decade. Since yeah, and is uh, Brian going for title, title number two? Title this, two. This would be number two for him. He has the one. Yeah, title number resume, two. Yeah. So. Well, no, because there's only a handful of us with three. It's me. Yeah. It's you, and then it's our dear friend Eric, who Eric. is no longer who is no longer playing. Yeah, the three of so, us own nine of the fourteen championships in league yeah, history. Yeah. So, so it's pretty much you and I trying to see who can who can yeah. get off being in three. Paul has two. Yes, Paul so has two. So with him back, he could get into the conversation again. Yeah, Paul. Paul reactivates his ability to become in the conversation. Right. The top and then tier Mr. Flynn three. has the one from 2013. Steve and won he could last be going year. For two. And yep. Brian Steve has his from 08. Now it's kind of a two-horse race between you and I to see if one of us can snake our way to number four. To number four, yeah. Who can get there first? But again, I mean, I I like your chances better than mine just because I have the number one seed curse working against me here. So you do. Well, you're gonna have to play Kevin at some point. That'll be the game right there. It'll be next week. It'll knock me out. There it is. Because again, this is uh, we started the double elimination format in 2014. That was the first year we did it. So this is the fourth season now. In the first three seasons of the double elimination format, the number one seed has lost in week 13 every time. Never won week 13. (laughs) And then uh, two in 2015, two years ago. I won my week uh, 14 game to stay alive and get to the triple threat match, but then, of course, I lost that before you ultimately won the title. (laughs) Three years, 
of the uh, the double elimination format, and no number one seed has ever won in week 13. And here I am again. Here I am trying to uh, to break that curse. Yep. Can it's like trying to pull the sword from the stone. Exactly. We'll see. I will uh, I'll lose this game, and then next week I get Kevin, and he can knock me out of the playoffs again. And that'll be... Uh, <laughs> I can have a history of dominating Kevin, and yet I'll be 0-2 lifetime against him in the playoffs yeah, as I'm crying at Kevin home. And, yeah. It'll be me, Kevin, and the Steelers <laughs> <in> the triple threat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. There it is. But see, there's the issue, because if the Steelers were to lose this week to Brian, then you got to play the Steelers next week. I know. Wouldn't even get to the triple threat. I mean, really, I've put all the pressure on you. That's all that's happened here. Is you've got I'm all. I'm on buy this week, man. I'm on vacation. I got my coat, my pineapple drink, and I'm I'm relaxing. My coat. Because if I lose I'm this relaxing. game, then you have to beat either Mr. Flynn or Brian, and then it's possible you have to beat the other one in the triple threat game, if not the champion. As I said before, I find it very unlikely that you're going to lose this game. I feel like you're going to win this game and I'm start a new curse. Nothing for granted. Okay. You're going to start a new curse next week what when curse? you get bludgeoned. <laughs> Hey, look, I'd rather take that and have the guaranteed spot in the triple threat match than uh, yeah. At least you could know you're playing. Then have 15. to play Kevin and know I'm getting eliminated because that's just, <laughs> we know that's what's going to happen. That's just science. Somebody just has science. to be the new Eric now that he's gone, and it might right, as well right, be Kevin. Be, Kevin. Might yeah. as well be. He's my Achilles heel. He's got to find some way to win a game. I think without Ezekiel Elliott, right? Yeah, next week, week, and 14. he'll have Rex Burkhead, yeah. and Rex Burkhead will be the new Bryce Brown. Oh yeah. Rex Burkhead. Yeah. That's it. Rex right Burkhead. There. And never play another down of football. Never play again. again. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right off in the sunset. <laughs> Double middle finger. Yep. Just screw me and be gone. That's how it works. <laughs> Fantasy football. Gotta love it. Can do. Oh, the story of Bryce Brown is one of the best <laughs> fantasy football stories of all time. It it's really most, isn't. I hate that story. It's the most frustrating yeah. thing ever. It's, it's so what brutal. a terrible story that is. It's, it's a nightmare for some people. For those that don't know the story of Bryce Brown, just a quick revisionist history of my pain and suffering. Uh, I was the number one seed in 2012 trying to win my third consecutive championship. And uh, everything looked great. I was doing really well. And here comes Eric as the number eight seed who had Brian Westbrook, who was out injured, so we picked up Bryce Brown <laughs> for the Philadelphia Eagles and played Bryce Brown. And I was like, I got this. And he puts up a 30. Uh-huh. And yep. it was a two-week playoff format, so I was down by like 10 points. And I was like, oh, well, I should be okay. And then I blew up. But... My team had a huge week the second week of that, in week 13. And uh, I had literally a 28-point lead going into Monday Night Football, and the Eagles were playing on Monday Night Football with Bryce Brown, who had two 50-yard touchdowns in the first quarter. I want to say it was against the Bills. And absolutely (laughs) went off. He had like a 39 or a 40 and just blew up and beat me because of that. Literally, me and him were the two highest-scoring teams in the league, but because he was the highest-scoring and I was number two, I got bounced. (laughs) I got bounced in the first round as the number one seed with Bryce Brown. And there it is. That's it. 
and and that's the curse. That really, this whole number one seed is the Bryce Brown curse, because really, since, Bryce Brown since then, <laughs> that's what started it. In 2011, the number one seed was Joe. He went all the way to the title game. And since the Bryce Brown incident of 2012, no number one seed has done anything. Bryce Brown cursed us all. It's not just me. It's the whole seed. He cursed it. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, no. That whole, the whole Bryce Brown story is, is one for the ages. That's, uh, so many people, not just you, got st- destroyed out of the playoffs because of that. It's just for no reason. <laughs> Bryce so Brown sad. suddenly, two weeks, two weeks in a row. I think there's a very good chance, like I said, that you could break the curse this year, win this game, and then your issue becomes you've got a knockoff, probably McCarthy. Well, it would be if I win, it would be Brian or or the Steelers. It'd be one. Oh, or that's the right, because you'd be in the top part of the bracket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're playing either Brian or the Steelers. Good so luck with those. what's going to happen is Chris Hogan will make a miraculous recovery, and he'll bench Jordy Nelson, and then uh, he'll continue to play. Jamal Williams. Let's see who is who. Who would be the most obscure? You know what? He'll he'll throw in J.D. McKissick for no reason, and he'll have a forty, <laughs> and he'll be the new Bryce Brown. I'm calling that right now. That'll they'll be his. <laughs> we'll get to the late afternoon. He won't feel good about it, so he'll sit Orleans Darkwa, and he'll throw in J.D. McKissick for the Sunday yeah. night game. And and McKissick has a forty because McKissick was on the practice squad for this no year. reason. It, in the second yeah, half, the best he has three career. catches. Each for a 60-yard touchdown out of the backfield, and uh, and that's it. And he just he goes off for a 40, and I lose because of it. That's that. I'm calling it. It's good to know. I already know what's going to happen. It's less frustrating <laughs> that way. Start mentally preparing. I can I can mentally prepare happen. myself for that. Event, so that's <laughs> yeah, good. You just got to mentally prepare for what's going to happen. That's good. No, that's good. We work that out. All right, Neil. Well, uh, until uh, until next week, I'll get my uh, my JD yeah. McKissick voodooed already, and uh, I'll have my stories ready to go, all geared up. Just so, make sure that you go to the go and light a candle for Philip Rivers, just to make sure he doesn't suddenly go back into the concussion protocol. Yeah, please don't don't even joke about that. So uh, again, once again, just uh, follow us on the Fantasy Life app at Important Nonsense, best easiest way to get a hold of either one of us. Otherwise, on Twitter at nonsense underscore Steve at nonsense underscore Neil. And uh, good luck, everybody, this weekend. Until next week, just keep up the nonsense. Music for the Important Nonsense podcast is provided by Lee Rosebeer, Lame Genie, and Tri Tachyon. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with the latest content on importantnonsense.com.